Many of us, we still struggle with that word discipline because we have that same idea, discipline as a negative term. And probably this is because we've encountered discipline after we've made some bad choices, right? And so we get disciplined by those on the outside, like our bosses, right? Our parents, family members, our teachers. And in the fitness world, we get disciplined by our personal trainers. I often joke that I wouldn't want to work out with my younger brother. You see, my younger brother, he was a personal trainer himself. Uh, he played a semi-pro baseball. He's totally fit. He's 10 times more better condition than I'm in. And so I, I just stay away from working out with him because I fear that I'm just going to torture myself. Right? Like I, I cannot hang with my younger brother. I admit that. I cannot hang with my younger brother. Uh, but, but the truth is, he's a good trainer and he's a good brother. And so I trust that he wouldn't put me through training that is torturous, but he would discipline me, not as punishment, but simply as training. See, a correct understanding of discipline is just that. Discipline is not punishment. Discipline is training. And so you see that on the board. If you have your bulletins with you, you can follow along. Today's notes are there for you. Discipline is not punishment. Discipline is training. You see, a good personal trainer will give you the tools and the knowledge that you need to enable you to become self-disciplined. And self-discipline is important if we're going to honor God with our bodies. I would actually say this in your notes. Without self-discipline... We hinder our calling to honor God with our bodies. Without self-discipline, we hinder our calling to honor God with our bodies. And it's important that we understand that before we move forward and start discussing some healthy habits and disciplines. We're going to get super practical today. We need to see this and we need to understand that without self-discipline, we hinder our calling to honor God with our bodies. And what I mean by that is this, if our motivations, if your motivation to accomplish your goals is just coming from the outside, like your family or your boss, your boss is saying, get it done by this deadline, and that's your sole motivation, or, or it's motivation from your trainers because you just don't want to hear him say, give me drop down and give me 20 more. Like, and so you're just going to give your hardest now because you don't want to pay the consequence later. If that's your motivation, then it's not enough. Because self-discipline means that you care enough, that you care enough about your own goals. It's not coming from the outside, but from within you. To be self-disciplined means that you have the ability to get things done that need to be done on your own. In short, self-discipline just means you're owning it. You're owning it. Without self-discipline, you're going to find, as I can witness, you're going to find that you're going to constantly struggle to accomplish your goals. And in the context of our series, we're going to struggle with honoring God with our bodies. And so I want to spend the rest of our time today looking at four ways, four, usually it's three, we pumped it up to four today, four ways I believe we can be healthy, can be a healthy starting point for us to become self-disciplined. So in your notes, we're going to discuss again four healthy habits and disciplines to honor God with our bodies. And the Bible has a lot to say about self-discipline. Now I understand for those of you sitting here like, man, barriers, but they're totally, don't, don't give me scripture out of context. Listen, I understand self-discipline is mentioned a lot in the Bibles, but it's probably not in the context of physical fitness. But as you heard earlier, the principles that we're going to hear, I believe we can apply to our fitness journey. And so to start us off, I want to look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.27. He says this about self-discipline. It's his letter written to the church at Corinth. Again, this is in your notes, 1 Corinthians 9.27. Instead, we'll look at the context of that in a second. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. 
You see, what we can see that Paul agrees here that self-discipline is important in his life. It's important for our lives and more specifically, it's important to our faith. We all want to be useful, don't we? How many of you dream and say, man, I want to become a useless person in the future? Right? How many of us say, I want to be a person that has little or no importance, no value to society whatsoever. That's the goal for me. That's what I want to be. My goal is so that I can be disqualified. None of you, right? That is typically not our goal, our aim in life. Paul is making the point that in order to not be found disqualified, he himself must become self-disciplined. And in context of this, Paul's comparing his ministry to that of a runner who seeks to obtain a prize. So if you look back in verse 23 to 26, you're going to see that. And he says that the prize that people compete for in the game is a perishable crown. But we seek an imperishable crown. Towards this end, Paul runs with certainty, not with uncertainty. So in that context, Paul's talking about training for his body and life so that he can become useful in the kingdom of God and God's plan for his life. What his hope is to hear is the good, well done, good and faithful servant. Paul understood this. He understood that taking care of his body and training for his body is extremely important to his spiritual life. Because if he is sick and exhausted, then he is limiting his ability for God to do the work that he wants to do in his life. And so two weeks ago, I talked about, and we talked about the importance to remember this, that our pursuit of godliness far exceeds our pursuit of physical excellence. We said that this is so because the pursuit of godliness has an eternal impact in that it points others to the beauty of Christ, not only in the life to come, but the beauty of Christ right now in this life, in your life. So we can take what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 9, 27 to help us, I believe, develop healthy habits and disciplines to honor God with the body, with our bodies. And here's the first way. First point in your notes. The first healthy habit and discipline is to set your mind to it. Self-discipline is a choice. Set your mind to it. You see, Paul said, I, I discipline my body. What many of us need to become self-disciplined is just start off with that. Set your mind to it. Set your mind to it. Make up your mind. Wake up, make up your mind. No matter of fact, wake up. Why don't you guys say that to your neighbor? Make up your mind. Go ahead. Make up your mind. There you go. Just a little encouragement for me. Set your mind to it. Change is going to happen. But it's not going to happen if you don't decide that it's going to happen now. So I'm sorry. Those, those, those ads that promise, those, those rock-solid ads just by strapping around some belt that's going to vibrate and shock you while you watch the, your football game is not going to work. I'm sorry. Those pills that, this, that, that promise you that, man, if you, you don't even have to change your diet, continue eating that pizza, whatnot, four slices, but I promise you at the end of this, you're going to have that swimsuit body that you, that you so desire. I'm sorry. That's not going to work. All right? Dreams crushed right there. It's not going to work. We need to set our minds to being self Disciplined. It's a choice that you have to make. And for many of us, it's the first step. Now, setting your mind is not the substitute for action, but it is a decision that we are making, that we are going to honor God with our bodies because guess what? He deserves our honor in all things. Amen? So we need to set our minds on if we can be self-disciplined. Set your mind that you could be self-disciplined. This is a challenge. It's my challenge. It's part of your challenge because Why? We've been so programmed to self-doubt, right? Much of this is because of past failures and shortcomings. You've tried this before, and now you just, you've fallen so many times, so you just doubt that you can do it. 
Some of it's because of the culture and false narratives that say this. Man, I'm forcing it down your minds that this is what looks good and this is what not looks good. And so we need to set our minds and be self-disciplined. I believe the Bible says something about renewing our minds and not believing the false narratives of this world, but instead set our minds on what God thinks. And you can find that in Romans 12, too. Look at it here with me. In Romans 12, too, he says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed. Say transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. Healthy habit number one, set your mind to it. Make the choice that you will be self-disciplined so that you can have the ability to not quit, never quit, no matter what. Set your mind to pressing forward so that you can honor God with your body. You can. And I want to be practical and suggest one way that you can set your mind to, and it's very simple, pray. Remember that we're not dividing our lives into the spiritual compartment and the physical compartment where it's like fitness and work and then here's church and Bible study. Pray that you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you're undecided, if you should continue on, pray and ask God to help you push forward. Some of you probably don't connect that. And you're like, man, that sounds kind of weird to pray for that type of stuff. Like, and that's because, again, we've been so used to living a way where we separate this two stuff. We separate, you know, our physical fitness and our lives and our health and, and to, to what God, we think God cares about in the church. But remember, he died for our whole lives. It matters for how we care for our souls and our bodies. Set your mind to it. Discipline is a choice. And healthy habit and discipline number two. Remove temptations and make adjustments. Remove temptations and make adjustments. Paul went on and he said that he disciplines his body and he brings it under, anybody remember the word? Strict control. Strict control. And for us to do that and bring our bodies under strict control, it's going to definitely take work. And that is going to take work on removing the temptations all around us that aim at what? Taking you off course. And there are so many different forms and temptations for us in this room right here. So we're not going to talk about every single form of temptation. But I want to ask you, what is it for you? If you can take a second and think about what is that temptation? What is there before me in my life that tries to hinder me from honoring God with my body, from honoring God with my spiritual life, honoring God with what I believe he's called me to do? What temptations around me are keeping me from following through? And what can you do about those, those temptations? I want to suggest a few things that we can do that are going to involve making adjustments. But I want to personally share one of my temptations, and it happens prior to you. Every time there's something I want to do and I made a decision to do it, life just gets busy. Right? And the temptation is, man, now all of a sudden this needs to be done, or that new project, or that new opportunity comes up. And we, we get so busy that I, it's me, and I say, oh, well, I guess I'll jog tomorrow. Let me text my brother-in-law. Tomorrow. And we, the temptation is to constantly push things off and take on every new uh, project, a new idea. But what, this is what I've done. This is what I've done to try to help me remove that temptation. I just want to make this suggestion to you, maybe to help somebody here. Calendar things. I told you we're going to be super practical. This has helped me in tremendously in becoming self-disciplined. I now Google, use a Google calendar, and I put everything on that calendar. All right, but you can use any calendar. My wife, Joanna, uses the calendar in our kitchen. She writes everything on there, everything. And so start the habit of writing things down so that you can remove those temptations and by committing to what's on the calendar. Tell yourself, once it's on the calendar, that's it, it's there. All right? And only use 
wisdom and making adjustments when it's absolutely necessary. Another practical tip, maybe your temptation is that late night stacking or that chocolate bar or you know, the, the apple pie or soda, whatever is your temptation there. Start counting your calories. Super practical. All right, this is something I had to kind of be convinced by a few buddies. Danny was one of them. He put me on to counting calories. He stressed it. And I found out that, man, when I started to count calories, it's actually super simple. It's easy to do. And it's also super helpful in helping me remove temptations around me when it comes to just late night eating and snacking and things that are not healthy for my body. Why? Because now I can see where I'm at. And so these are some super practical ways uh, that you can go ahead and start to look at how can you remove temptations in your life. Start writing it down. Put it on the calendar. Start counting calories. Whatever it is, just be intentional. But again, above all this, God reminds us that this fight to move temptations and make adjustments is not always easy. But he promises that through this, you're not alone. We're reminded of this in Philippians 4, 6, where he says this. Paul says, don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I remind you again, you got this. You can, you will. God provides a way out so that we can, are able to endure all temptations. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Lastly on this, you need to make adjustments. And just know that as you make these adjustments, it doesn't mean that you're failing. Making adjustments does not mean you're failing. Adjustments are good. Sometimes you're going to walk. Sometimes it's going to start to become a sprint. And other times it's going to go right back to crawling. But just remember that every step forward, or every step forward is just, a st it means you're continuing to move on. It's progress. Every step, regardless of your pace, is a step forward. Set your mind to it. Discipline is a choice. Number two, remove temptations and make adjustments. And now, point number three, look beyond the scale and celebrate all victories. <laughs> Look beyond the scale and celebrate all victories. I like this one because I'm that type of person that for so long I was just looking at that scale every morning, right? And if that number didn't go down, I became so discouraged. It, it, for me, it, it, meant, it meant that there was no progress whatsoever. And I, I just felt like giving up many times when I looked at that scale and it just did not go down. What I've learned is a healthy habit and discipline in order to honor God with my body is to look beyond the scale. Instead, celebrate all the victories of that week. Now, again, keep in mind, we're talking about our physical bodies, but that's definitely something you can apply in all other areas of your life. Look beyond the scale. Instead, celebrate the victories. It helped me see progress, that I was moving forward, even though the number on the scale was not showing that. See, I think we need to stop focusing on putting so much emphasis on numbers to measure success. It's so easy to look at the numbers, and it's, it's important, but, man, we become so fixated on numbers, and we equate numbers with success or failure. There are other measurements of success. What are some of them? Hey, maybe practically you just realized maybe the number on the scale didn't go down, but you, you just got more energy throughout the week, right? Maybe it's something like, hey, I just feel a lot stronger, all right? I just feel a lot healthier. My, you know, maybe you know, I just, I'm, I'm able to do more. These are other, other measurements of Success. There's other ways that you can stop and see progress. In the Bible, we can see that this is also important in our faith journey. And I think it is also important and we can take this in our fitness journey. The Bible calls us to do this. It says to reflect on the goodness of God and meditate on it. This is a discipline of looking back and remembering. Specifically, this is speaking about, again, remembering God's goodness. It's written this way in Psalm 77, verse 12. 
In Psalm 77, verse 12, I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on all your actions. See, God knows how forgetful we tend to be. He also knows how discouraged we can become when we focus on only the present and we forget to look back and see all the ways that he's been faithful to us. Right? We know the story of the Israelites, right? When God delivers them from slavery and from Egypt and he takes them out and he leads them through the Red Sea, splitting it open. And we see how God has been faithful to them. And yet, at the end of it, they start grumbling because of food and they want to go back to Egypt. Right? And we wonder, man, how quickly did they forget God's goodness and faithfulness for them, for them and what, he, what he's done and what he's brought them out of. But if we're honest, we struggle in that same way today. We struggle with this is, is, is that we, we, we struggle on how we, we look back. We don't remember how God has taken us so far. And we easily get discouraged when we focus only on what stares us in our face. But we fail to remember our victories. Even small victories can be celebrated. Even small victories. We will see that we can become self-disciplined when we quit just putting in front of us huge tasks. But instead, set smaller tasks where we can celebrate many victories to encourage us on the way. Again, not just looking at large, big victories, but celebrate even the smallest task. Even the small victories, we want to celebrate it. It's, it, this, it was said this way about writing a book. Someone said, to write a book, the best way to write a book is not focus on writing a book. But instead, focus on writing 500 words a day. Right? We can do that. Set small victories. Celebrate small victories. So number three, we talked about look beyond the scale and celebrate all victories. And number four, our final healthy habit and discipline is this. Don't forget about rest. Don't forget about rest. Probably the most overlooked discipline. Rest. For some of us, it's our favorite discipline. But it's so important. I believe we can all implement this in our routines to honor God with our bodies. I showed my brother again, the fitness brother, the personal trainer brother, my outline for today's sermon. And the one point that he commented on was this one. When it comes specifically to wanting to see results in our fitness goals, whatever they are, he told me this. He said, rest is important because we can't make gains without allowing our bodies to rest as well. It's during rest where we actually allow our bodies to recover and growth to happen. It's in rest where we allow our bodies to regain its strength so that it can continue to make those adjustments necessary to, for the next step forward. Another fitness buddy of mine, he's also a pastor, he mentioned this when he, talk, when he talked about rest. He, he reminded me that a lack of sleep and rest can actually harm our bodies in our attempt to honor God with our bodies. He said that a lack of sleep contributes to muscle loss, decreases in fat loss, and contributes to harmful habits and temptations, just like that late night snacking. But the biggest reason of all why rest is important is that rest is actually a gift given to us by God himself. <laughs> Rest is a gift for our spiritual lives, a gift for our souls, and rest is also a gift for our physical bodies. We simply need rest. God wanted to set the importance of rest from the very beginning, so he did so by himself resting on the seventh day of his work. In Genesis 2-2, we read it. It says, on the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Was God tired? Nope. Do we get tired? Yes. So if God stopped, we stop. <laughs> exactly, we stop. Don't forget about rest. It's a quote from a book called The Good and the Beautiful God. It says this in this book. It said, the number one enemy of Christian spiritual formation today is exhaustion. It's a big statement. 
Might agree with it, might not. Gotta kind of look at it a little bit more. But definitely can see how it can be true. We can easily exhaust ourselves with so much that is no honor to God. Without stopping to rest, I would even say this, that we're not pursuing godliness. Remember we said godliness is a lifestyle that reflects the character of God. It's a lifestyle in response to the things of God. And so if we're going to honor God with our bodies, we cannot neglect the self-discipline of resting. Number one, set your mind to it. Self-discipline is a choice. Number two, remove temptations and make adjustments. Number three, look beyond the scale and celebrate all victories. And number four, don't forget about rest. You see, this series has been all about how we can honor God with our bodies. And we wanted to tackle this subject of fitness and honoring God with our bodies, not only because, um, you know, obviously New Year's, and, and that's probably the, the, the resolution for most of us on some type of level, but we also wanted to see how God cares for us as a whole person. But in week one, we reminded ourselves this very important truth here, that is it important to honor God with our bodies? Yes. But failure to do so does not remove the love of God from your life. His acceptance is not greater or less depending on your level of physical fitness. He loves us so much that even in your shortcomings, in our failures, in our sins, he willingly laid down his life for us. That on the way to Calvary where he would be hung between two criminals, Jesus carried on the cross the weight of our sins upon his shoulders. Our sins, that means my sin, that means your sin, Jesus took on the cross and he died for our sins. Experienced the full wrath of God that only you and I deserve, Jesus experienced. But he did so because he understood and he knew that there was no other way. There's no way that we can possibly pay the price for our own sins. No amount of good works, no sacrifice that we can do can pay the price for our sins. It can only be done by one way, by his death. And his resurrection. Because after three days of being buried, Jesus uh, left the tomb. We celebrate that our Savior is now risen. He took on death and he conquered it. Raising from the dead and appearing to many, Jesus was alive and Jesus is alive. And once again, he's seated on his throne calling many today to repentance. And probably that call for you right now is for the first time God is calling you to repent of your sins. And you're hearing that call to say, man, to confess of your sins, to turn from your sins, to turn from the things that you know are pulling you away from God and declare that he alone is your savior, that he alone is your Lord. Let's pray that today. Father, I just want to thank you for this time, Lord, spent in your word, God. We thank you, Lord, that our entire lives matter to you, Father. And God, today we specifically talked about our physical bodies, God. Lord, you care for them. Lord, you care for it, God. And you care, though, for all areas of our lives, Father. So I pray for my brother and sister today, God, that, Lord, we would surrender all things to you, Father. That, God, we would repent of our sins, that we would turn from the things that are dragging us and pulling us away from you, Lord. That we would look up and see Jesus and see our penalties, our sins on that cross that he bore and took for us. And that we would then celebrate Celebrate the victory that we have in Christ. Thank you, God, for your victory. Thank you for your death. Thank you for your resurrection. Father, I pray that we would be able by your grace to see, Lord, that we matter to you. That you care for us. That you love us. That you died for us. And I pray and our response to that would be of humbleness, of, of repentance, of surrenderance and saying, Jesus, we need you. 
Give us that response, God, by your grace. Enable us to see our sin. Enable us to see your faithfulness. Enable us to see your goodness. And help us, God, to surrender all to Jesus. We thank you. We pray all things today. In Jesus' name, amen.